0: Uh, yes, how we doing once again, my friend. Welcome to Station B O B on this beautiful Friday in September. Yes, the fall is back. The fall is my favorite time or my favorite season of the year. Yes, indeed. So how we doing? I'm Dr. Rob, and welcome to Station B-O-B, where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. And so, of course, today I have another wonderful topic of discussion for you. I guess this is entertainment, but it's also hopefully Informative and educational, because today's topic is the things we do for love, a.k.a. the crazy things we do for love, part three. And so um I had mentioned that this is a three-part series, and I have done some crazy things for love. If you've listened to part one and part two, part three might be the craziest of all three of them but when you look at them in their totality in many ways they really were some crazy things to do for love and i'm sure you have your own story and i have mine and so let's get let's get it popping so I'm going to share with you, as I said, the things we do for love, or a.k.a. the crazy things we do for love, part three. And I received such a great response to this podcast regarding part one and part two, two I thought it was high time that we talk about part three. Yep, part Three, I have so many things I did for love and some of them have been crazy and this story falls right square into the description of crazy. Now, I just want to say before we jump into part three, I want to I want to make an announcement about a new segment to be featured here at Station Bob, and it is a debate se- segment with a young lady I met not too long ago, she is an inspiring podcaster and I offered her the opportunity to come on this podcast to get her feet wet in the podcasting arena and she will be featured either once a week or bi weekly. We're still talking about how frequently we're going to do it. But I believe when we do it, when we do the the this segment It'll be, it'll be all that and more. We just have to figure out whether it's going to be weekly or biweekly, and that really has to do with my work and study schedule, as I am a PhD student, and it requires you from time to time to go under to do the research you need to complete the coursework. And so with this debate, segment we're going to discuss a variety of issues to inform you of our thoughts and feelings on these topics and my new co-host her name for this segment her name is amanda and the name of the segment will be amanda and rob i'm sorry amanda and dr rob debate gate i am looking forward to working with her and i hope you are too and so if she shows up as scheduled, the next podcast will be the jump off for the Amanda and Dr. Rob debate. Gate, okay. And yes, in case you're wondering, I will continue to have my weekly podcast where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being in life, love and work. Yes, that podcast is still in full effect. Okay. And now back to the discussion about the things we do for love part three. So as I was saying, I have decided to share these stories with you because when I look back over time and I think about what these experiences were like, my hope is that if you are faced with a similar loving crazy life experience that feels like love, then perhaps you may make better decisions than I did. That's what this is really all about. You hear from me on my crazy stuff, and then maybe that could help you make a better decision. Because in love, I don't know if if it's love or is should it be called crazy? Because the the What I have discussed and what I will discuss today is crazy, and you spell crazy, L-O-V-E. How about that? And so if you listen to the first story of the things I did for love, I rescued a married woman from her husband because she claimed that she was being treated real bad and to boot. I had what I thought was some real feelings for this woman who was another man's wife. Bad decision. Yep, I know it. But I did not realize how crazy it was at at the time, as that is why these things are called the things we do for love. You know, love, that feeling we have sometimes for another person that can lead you to doing some downright dumb shit. Yeah, that's right. I I said it. Not because you want to prove your love or anything to that person, but because that is the feeling you have for another person that you might lose your common sense and do something that you have no business doing in the name of love. I mean, what is this love thing all about? especially when the outcomes usually do not turn out the way you hoped that they would when you're making these bad decisions for somebody you probably have no business even being involved with, like me, with a married woman. And then, you know, I went into the marital home and removed this woman from her home while her husband was at work. Oh my God. What was I thinking? Well, I'd have to say I wasn't thinking. I was feeling, and my foolish feelings led to some foolish behavior. And now I did all of that. And today I have no idea where this woman is. Well, I did not know then, but I know for sure now. The only thing I should do for love is love my wife and children my, and myself as much as I can. And the crazy things I do for them would be a worthy cause for the greater good. So now, just to fast forward to give you a, a brief review in part two of the things I did for love, where I would say in that case, I did not actually do something for love. I would say in part two of this series, what I did was in the name of love, whereby I actually married my first wife who I did not love because she was so mean-spirited and evil, but I still did not want to hurt her, you know, by not showing up at the church church. For the wedding, as my best friend had advised me not to show up after I reeled to him i'm sorry after I revealed to him on the way to the church that I was getting ready to marry a girl I did not love, but b u t in the name of love, so as not to hurt her. I married her anyway, and that was a very bad decision on my part whereby I put somebody who was not worthy of such a foolish sacrifice on my part. Uh, I put somebody ahead of myself, and it was a disastrous experience in so many ways because she spent most of our time together trying to hurt me. And even after our divorce, it seemed like all of her time went into hurting me and, and not allowing me to, to spend time with our daughter on the weekends without a fight. Now, I must, in, in, a, in a strange twist to that story, you know, that, that marriage had more than a happy ending and that It was that experience that inspired me to do what I'm doing today in order to help people to not be like me and make the same mistakes to not only partake in a bad relationship and then make the insane decision to marry a woman I did not love because I saw the signs of her poor relationship skills. But, What I'm really trying to say is, as a result of that experience, I have done some great things. I have authored three self-help relationship books. I went back to school to get a second master's degree in social work. And now I am a therapist working with people to help them navigate through their challenging life experiences and relationship experiences with themselves and with others and that that experience also inspired me to to do public speaking events there have been book sales and now i'm doing a podcast and currently as you know i am working on a phd to further my research on the emotional deficits of people and how to help them turn their emotional deficits into resilience, emotional intelligence, and high self-esteem so that they may find healthy relationships with themselves and others. And so, it seems that one of my worst life experiences, something that I did in the name of love, actually has evolved into what has turned out to be my best life experience based on what I'm doing now to make the world a better place as Dr. Rob. So how do you like that? Uh, As they used to say, how do you like them apples? And so with that said, it is time to move in to part three of the things we do for love. And, you know, I think this is a good time to step aside to let a promo in, and then we'll pick up the story on the other side.
1: Have you read any good books lately? Your host, Robert T. Gardner, Jr., also known as Dr. Rob, is the author of three great books. And his first book, The Choices We Make... You will learn how to find your special talent and light up your life so that you can become the person you were born to be and live a more fulfilled purpose-driven life. Books are available at barnesandnobles.com, amazon.com, and Robert's website, relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and back to the show.
0: Okay, welcome back. Hey, And just a note, you can find out even more details about This story in part three in my book, The Choices We Make. And so, as the story goes, at at the time, at that time, you know, now I'm divorced from the first wife who was the story of the things we do for love in part two. And so now I'm divorced from her or near divorce, but I'm out of the house, however, you know, that you know, the order of things were were going at that time. And so I had been out of the house away from the ex wife that I described as I said in part two of the things we do for love. And so now I, I had a great job. I was making good money and I was working on a job doing exactly what I went to school for, human resources and labor relations. And I had just found a nice apartment, bought a new car, an Acura MDX. And I lived in an area nearby where my daughter from that marriage lived with her mother. So I was so straight in so many ways. And it was a new chapter in my life. I was dressing nice. I mean, it was, I was rolling. I was focusing on myself, just doing my thing for show, sure. And of course, I was minding my own business, and I was, just, I was just moving forward with my life. Then one day, I met the woman who I am married to now. I met her at work, and we were both senior managers in our respective jobs for the same company. And we seemed to have so much in common. And we did. And of course, she was very attractive. Of course, she was also very married. And you would have thought by now, I learned my lesson. But no, I did not. Because even though she too was married, this was different. And you know, that's what we always say when we make the same mistake. We say, nah, 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 that this is different. Well, You might say, Dr. Rob, what was different about this? Because she, too, was a married woman, and that would be correct. But what made this different is that we had more than a special connection. Not only that, I had never met a woman like her before. She communicated her feelings very well. She communicated her thoughts. She was kind. She was intelligent. She was loving, sexy, and most of all, she loved me back the way I loved her. Now, up to that point in my life, I had never met a woman that was beautiful on the outside and even more beautiful on the inside. Did you hear what I said? A woman who was beautiful, even more beautiful on the inside, than she was on the outside. And that, my friend, is what made her different. That is what made this different. But, B-U-T, there was something else that made this different too. And she was married to a very jealous, insecure, abusive man. And, you know, in, in part one of this series, I talked about the young lady I talked to who she was married to a man that was 40 years older than her. So there was no issues with his behavior or aggression in terms of what I should have or needed to be concerned about. But now I, you know, I have never been personally involved with a woman who had a partner who was jealous, insecure, abusive, you know, at least I didn't know if, I mean, it's not like every girlfriend I had was married. That's not the case. Okay. Just a couple of main squeezes there. All right. You know, I am human. And so now at this point we were getting more and more involved intimately and spending time together after work, which of course led to her coming home late a few times during the week. And that of course, raised the brow of her jealous husband, who, by the way, came home late himself quite often before his wife met me. And when he noticed that her interest in him waned significantly, now he wants to fight for his wife and save the marriage that he had destroyed way before I came on the scene. But, of course, he did not see it that way, And so that began the essence of what I did for love in this case. And it was a very, this was a very harrowing experience experience that I encountered for love. You see, because after a while, the husband here, he started calling my cell phone on a frequent basis. And that, of course, was beginning to stress me out because I was fully aware at that time that jealous men, do crazy things to either their wives and or the person they are involved with, and that was of great concern to me because I did not want to be the victim in a love triangle, so there were a few times that I had reached a high level of stress and concern for my for my own safety, and then that would compel me to call my girlfriend to discuss our relationship and whether or not it was a good idea to continue our relationship and she was very understanding of my feelings and concerns but she did not want to end the relationship and I did not really want to end the relationship but I was trying to be smart and not emotional and so I would say to her you know that you know, I didn't think it was a good idea. We should probably end this, and and maybe you know, after you work out your issues with your husband, you know, we could reconnect after your divorce. But by the time we about we were about to hang up the phone after these discussions, we would dis- we decided that we would not end our relationship. Now, how crazy is that? Because here again, I'm doing this for love, and it was not. Feeling like love. It was feeling like danger. In addition, I had a three-year-old daughter from my first marriage that I loved to no end. And I did not want my fatherhood interrupted by my premature death as a result of this love triangle that I found myself deeply involved in. Then, to exacerbate the situation, I remember one time the husband, now ex-husband, he called me and asked me why I was on the phone with his wife for one hour, two minutes, and 55 seconds. He asked me, why were you on the phone with my wife for four one hour Two minutes and 55 seconds. And when he threw in the 55 seconds, when he threw that in there, I knew this was not a good situation for me. Not to mention, how did he even know I was on the phone with his wife? And how did he even know how long I was on the phone with his wife? Well, you see, this was turning into a real life scary movie. You see, he and his wife, ex-wife now, I just have to, you know, I don't want to confuse you, but I got to clarify who the characters are or were in this story. So he and his wife, they had Nextel phones because of their jobs. And you may recall the Nextel phones were a popular cell phone in the early 90s because they had this walkie talk Talkie feature, you know, people use them for security, you know, because they 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 work like walkie-talkies and telephones or cell phones at the same time. And what made this situation really scary for me is the husband had a friend who worked at Nextel, and so every time I talked to his wife, I found out that the friend would send him an email that record you know it was a record of the call and that that is how he knew you know exactly how long I was on the phone with his wife now that's scary i mean what say you but it gets better my girlfriend his wife at the time you know we used to talk about how you know She would tell me about when she was at home with him and how they would, he would tell her things about what her and I would, had discussed on the phone. And it was scary how he knew about the topics, the dates, the places we discussed where we planned to spend time. And as it turned out, the husband had purchased one of those television, you know, the, with the with the television screen, the one of those baby watching, infant baby watching devices, where the parent can be in one room and see and hear the sounds, you know, the baby was making in in another room, and he put the communication device, you know, that part of that device in the room where he stayed in the house after he and his wife, after they started sleeping in separate rooms. So when she would call me from their home on her cell phone, he could hear because he he, he set this device up under her bed and his bed. And so, I mean, I'm like, this is getting crazier and scarier by the minute. And so, you know, I could stop I could stop right here because you, you see where this is going, right? You you see where this is going. It's getting crazy about a minute. And I believe you would understand if I stopped right here and you'd be like, Yeah, Dr. Rob, another crazy thing you did or we do for love. But I will not stop here. And so, you know, I would have more discussions with my girlfriend his wife, about whether or not it was a good idea for us to continue our relationship because it just did not feel safe for me to be involved with her like this. And, of course, we would choose to stick it out and believe that one day this would be behind us and we would be able to live happily ever after. Oh, my God. I mean, I got to take a deep breath even, even just talking to you about this. The things we do for love. It seemed like the more I decided to stay together, the more I became stressed. And I mean, I was stressed because men like this do not operate in a fair way. And I decided that. I, you know, I had to decide that I was not going to live in fear because living in fear could be very, very uncomfortable, and I just was not going to do that. And so, I was con- because I mean, I was concerned that I mean, he, he, I found out he knew where I lived because you know, and one of the many times he had called me, he had mentioned that. And I felt like one day he might sneak up behind me and do something crazy while my back was turned because that is how those type of individuals, that's how they operate, especially over a woman. And so now I have to choose between life and love. And somehow I kept choosing love in the midst of all of this stress in my life. And so I have to take another breath here. You know, for the record, I, I would just like to say this is this is how I became Dr. Rob because as you can see, I have endured some outrageous situations in my life that have contributed to my my experiences and learning that was way beyond the every the average everyday life experiences. Somehow I was able to garner all of these life experiences into a package of wisdom that gave me the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding along with my education to provide you with a life-changing insight as it relates to your life experiences that may be similar to some of my life experiences. Now, I know that's a lot to take in, but I'm just trying to help you understand that the game is the same. You know, we all have the same life experiences experiences. I don't care what your race is, you know, how rich you are, how broke you are, how poor you are, the game is the same. Only the players have changed. And so now, let me let me let me get back to the conclusion. Cause that's what I'm 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 getting close to the conclusion, and boy is it a conclusion. So Let me me just say this. You see, because I wanted wanted out of the relationship with my girlfriend as much as I loved her and wanted to be with her. It just did not feel safe for me. And it's hard to love another person when you don't feel safe, especially when you are uh, very concerned that their husband might be coming for you. But I could not get out. Because the love I had with this woman who was now my wife was was real as love could get for anybody. Oh my God. And I would say, you know, I would say that could register as a crazy thing for love for sure. I mean, I, I you know, I'm lost for words. But this and this is a true story. You cannot make this up. And also, I should mention the fact that, you know, as a result of this situation, one day my boss came into my office and told me that he had heard some rumors at our New Jersey office regarding me having a relationship with my friend who worked on the same job as me. As you know, I mentioned that earlier. You see, you see, I was a human resources professional, and as an HR professional, we are not supposed to get involved in relationships or even close friendships with, with others due to our close connection to employee records and the issues that we deal with. And so the the perception is that, you know, you have to be fair to all and you can't have any favorites. We, and 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 I was fair to to all, and my girlfriend and I we had discussed this you know during the the early days of the development of our relationship, and she totally understood we even talked about the fact that I might have to terminate her one day you know for one reason or another, even though she was had been on the job for you know twenty plus years but my point here is that she totally understood the situation in terms of my role as an, as an HR professional. In addition, she was not at all interested in knowing anything confidential about other staff members. As a matter of fact, she probably knew more of their business than, than was in the records because she had worked with, you know, many of these people for so long. And our relationship was about, our relationship, but but there there is that perception that as an HR pro, you have to stay above the fray and not get involved because there is a perception, you know, that you know I should remain clear of fraternization, and I have to also share with you. What prompted my boss to approach me about the rumors he heard was the fact that my girlfriend's husband had been calling the job at the location where she worked, and he was telling her colleagues that I was involved with his wife. And the rumors spread like the gospel. Consequently, for me, that led to me having to resign from that job. And my boss told me that it took him a week or more to make the decision to ask me to resign because of that relationship, because he and I had a great relationship. Oh, my God, he was the best boss I ever had. But I broke a rule, and I had to pay the price, and I accept full responsibility for that. And 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 all of this was a result of the things we do for love. I love that job. And when I resigned, though, my girlfriend, who is my wife now, but at that time, she was my girlfriend. And she told me, you know, I'm now here I'm out of work, and she told me that we are in this together, and I have nothing to worry about. And I have to say, she lived up to that. And 15 years later, we are still happily married. And it was well worth the sacrifice, even though it does not always work out like this for everyone. So I was beyond blessed in this situation. And so just before I share the climatic, tumultuous conclusion of this story with you. I'm going to step aside and let a promo in and we'll pick up on the conclusion on the other side of the break.
1: Relationship readiness, life and work preparedness services, the place you come to for coaching, consulting and counseling in life, love and work. We are a multi-purpose service organization that will coach you up, educate, guide and motivate you to succeed. To learn more about our programs and services, please contact Robert T. Gardner, Jr. by email at changeagentrtg at gmail.com or request a meeting for a free one-hour consultation at relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and let's go back to Station B.O.B. All right. Welcome back.
0: And, you know, I've started this new segment, corny dad jokes, if you will where I'd like to just generate some laughter because laughter is good. And laughter, it it, it just soothes your soul. And we all need to laugh. We need to laugh more because the stress is high. Prices are are high on food, on gas. Everything is high. So we need to laugh. We need to laugh more. And so I'm going to hit you with another one of my. Corny dad jokes that I hope generates some laughter, and so where do pencils go on vacation? Pennsylvania uh I guess that wasn't that funny, was it. <laughs> Well, I tried. You know, I tried. Laughter is hard. You know, sometimes, you know, people don't get all the jokes, and all the jokes are not funny. But we still need to laugh sometimes. So take a minute to laugh with me right now. (laughs) Okay, okay. Okay, you know, I got to get with the research department on the jokes because that was was not a good one. I'm going to try to make up for that on the next podcast, okay? And so let's bring this story home, the things we do for love, all the crazy things we do for love, part three. And so now let's get to the climatic conclusion. And so... All of the stress and anxiety, you know, I was feeling came to a head on February 27, 2004. Which just so happened to be, ironically, the same day I left, I had moved out of the house of my abusive ex-wife in 2003. I mean, it was the same day one year later. How, how crazy is that? Now, this is what happened on that dreadful day. I had spent the, spent that day, you know, with my girlfriend. We took off work at my apartment. And so now, you know, I got, she got to get back home. And so we, we're walking out. You know, I'm walking her out of my apartment back to the parking lot. And suddenly her next telephone is ringing, you know, in the walkie-talkie mode. And the husband is telling her, he's saying, pick up. You know, he's using her name, pick up. Now, pick up. And she would not answer the call. I even told her, answer the phone, you know, just to find out, you know, what he wanted, you know, what he's up to and perhaps where he might be. We need to understand what's going on with him. But she refused to answer. And when we stepped outside of my apartment building, heading to the parking lot, we heard a car speeding down the hill. (sighs) Boom. The boom is he got out of the car after he sped down the hill and slammed the door. And she said, there he is. And I said, there who is? And sure enough, it was her husband showing up at my apartment to confront me about my involvement with his ex-wife. Now I'm like, whee. He jumped out of the car right in front of me and started talking about how he knew we were together and he finally caught us. So now we, you know, we're in a relatively large parking lot. And, you know, at that time, I was on my way to pick up my three-year-old daughter for the weekend as this is not looking good for that now. And I said to myself, you know, normally we do not know when we are going to die. You know, we never know when the bell tolls for thee. Okay. And then I said to myself, God, I know this is always your choice. But this cannot happen tonight. I am not dying here tonight because of this love triangle. I have to get my daughter. Oh, my God. And so I click right into survivor mode. Me, him, and his wife are standing in the circle in the parking lot. He starts yelling at her saying, get in the car. She said, no, I'm not getting in the car with you. While at the same time, he is looking at me. I mean, he's looking at me like I was a piece of old shit that had landed on his car. And he was disgusted and, you know, because he had to get this piece of shit off of his brand new car. I mean, nobody has ever looked at me that way. Then he said to her, is this what you want? I mean, he said it like like I was like he said it like I was just a disgusting a disgusting piece of nothing. He said, "Do you want to be with me or do you want to be with him?" I mean, this is how he was talking. You feel my passion for the subject. Now, in my mind, you know, he's asking her, "Do you want to be with me or do you want to be with him?" Now, in my mind. I'm saying, please do not say yes to that question, because that could be the end for me. And and sure enough, she said, yes, I want to be with him. I'm like, no, she didn't. No, she did not just tell her husband who shows up at my apartment that she wants to be with me and not him. I'm like, yo, this ain't the time for that. This ain't the time for that. We do not, you know, we didn't know if he had a gun or what. So now he is questioning me about my relationship with his wife and we going back and forth on on the lie that this is, you know, you know the, the same old corny line, "Hey, this is not what you think it is." You know. Then he says to her, "Are you going with me or are you going with him?" And I am, again, like, please do not answer that question. And if you do, please say you're going with him. But, of course, you know, she she did not. Instead, she said, I am going with him. I'm like, yo, what the bleep? What the bleep? Why is she doing this? And then she walked away. Now that leaves me and him in this parking lot. In an isolated scenario, just like the movies in the, in the old western days, the old K Corral. It's just he and I. Because his, his wife started walking towards my car, which was nearby. So now my high beam, I'm in high beam survivor's mode. It is in full effect because I don't know if he's strapped with a weapon or not. So I move in closer to him because in my mind I'm saying, if he so much as scratches, I have to be close enough to him to whip that ass and fight for my life to stop him from pulling out a gun. Because remember, I was on my way to pick up my daughter for the weekend until that was interrupted by this situation. Now, he and I are face-to-face walking around in a circle. He's looking at me, and I am laser-focused on him to make sure I can stop him from pulling out a gun. And as we're walking, he's talking and looking looking at me. Again, he's giving me that, that I'm that piece-of-shit look. And then he sucker punched me in the face But I, I, I fell back to weave You know to get out of the way of the punch He did make contact But it wasn't impactful Because I had You know I, I was able to get out of the way of the punch And then I responded with a punch of my own To his face he, I knocked him on You know, to my car And then I move in to finish him off And next thing I know Somehow his wife, my girlfriend Gets into the middle of this And she is between him and me Trying to, you know She gets in the middle of of the skirmish Between him and I As we're trying to get at each other I fall backwards She falls backwards, you know not to the ground, but we 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 fell. I don't know how we were leaning back, but eventually I I did wind up on the on the ground, and I'm trying to cover my face from, you know, because he's throwing. I'm thinking he's throwing punches, but instead I'm feeling him trying to scratch my eyes out. And so while this is happening, I'm thinking like, what kind of woman gets involved in the fight between two men and she's dressed up with heels, hair, makeup, work clothes. I mean, this was like unbelievable. (laughs) I knew then in the heat of this battle that she was the one for me. Oh, my God. Anywho, somehow I managed to roll over, get back on my feet, and you know, I went into, you know, I was I got back up to finish the fight, but he didn't want to fight. He just stopped, jumped in his car, and drove off. Oh, you're talking about a strange situation. Here this guy came all the way to my crib, confronted me, sucker punched me, and then he he ran off. He drove off. I'm getting ready for round two. I'm going to try to finish him off. And he drives off. At this point, the cops come. We both, you know, he left. And I was able to just make my way out of the parking lot with my car without any interaction with the police. And then the fight pretty much ended there, but the story did not end there with him. But I'm going to stop here because that really concludes what I did for love in this situation. But he went on to sue me for an injured finger he claimed was damaged during the fight. Meanwhile, we didn't throw more than one or two punches and he barely made contact with my face. But I learned, you know, from my wife now that he had previously injured that finger when they were married in a motorcycle accident. And so he faked that injury and and put it in the police report as a new injury related to the fight he started with me. And then he sued me in court for that fake injury and won. And see, this is what I'm talking about. When you do the crazy shit you do for love, this is the crazy kind of things that happen. So at this point, this pretty much, you know, covers the things, you know, I we do for love. And as I took you behind the scenes in this three-part series to discuss the crazy things we do for love, and and somehow I survived this and the other Harrowing experiences I had during these crazy times I don't know I'm just lost for words Just even reflecting on this story But to make a long story short As dangerous as it was for me to stay With my married girlfriend She is now my wife We have two kids Two young kids and then there's my daughter from my first marriage. And we have been living happily ever after for the past 15 years as as husband and wife. And so there you have it. At this point, that was the last crazy thing I did for love, thank God. I'm going to leave it there. Hopefully you can learn something from this situation and know that the crazy things you do for love, they really, really are crazy. And we need to get a grip on our feelings and try to better understand what we are doing, who we are doing it with, and is it worth doing it? But in this case, it was, it was totally worth it. But my God, the journey, the journey was quite. The scariest journey I have ever walked in my life. And so I'm going to leave it there. And remember, coming on the next podcast, we will introduce the new segment to Station BOB, Amanda and Dr. Rob Debate Gate, where we, where we will be discussing some topics, which, you know, I'll give you a little taste of some of them. One would be, is it okay not to love a parent, okay? Is it okay not to love a parent? Should a marriage have gender roles? Oh, how about this? Do you consider an abuser to be a victim? And should mothers keep the kids, no, I'm sorry, mothers who keep the kids away from their loving fathers, should they be eligible for child support? I would say not, so that we can stop playing that silly game. And this is just to mention a few. Stay tuned. I'm looking forward to seeing you on the radio. I hope you enjoyed, you know, this discussion. I hope you learned from this discussion. And most of all, I want to thank you for walking with me, allowing me in your car, driving with me, jogging with me. Ride a dying with me Thank you for your support I appreciate you Love you Make it a good day for yourself And until the next time we meet Remember Love is an action Not a word As we wrap up this show I hope this topic helped you to grow. And now you know a little bit more than you knew before. If you have any questions about this topic, please email me at changeagentrtg at gmail.com. See my website, relationshipreadiness.org. To learn more about my counseling, consulting, and educational programs Related to life, love, and work Finally, in the words of the late, great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. If I can help somebody as I pass along If I can cheer somebody with a word or song If I can show somebody he is traveling wrong Then my living will not be in vain. Until we meet again, do the right thing when nobody is looking. Peace, beloved.